0: You are listening to Real Men Feel with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but all men can benefit from. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. You know, I'm not sure if the world has ever been in a more uh, chaotic place than it is these days between the global pandemic of COVID-19 and global protesting around racism and police brutality. There can really be a big lure in escapism in hiding out uh, and getting drunk and high. So there's really been no better time than today for today's guest. How convenient is that? (laughs) Anton Barefoot is my guest today. Anton is an author. Drug and Alcohol Counselor and Recovering Addict. Welcome to the show, Enton. Yeah, thank you, Andy.
1: Nice to be on the show.
0: Awesome, awesome. So uh, first I want to ask about your name. Like, so I, 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 uh, for years I write screenplays for fun, and I was like collecting new, unique names. So I've never heard of your, your first name or your last name. But th- yes. that, that, this, is, this is not a made-up name. This is not a pseudonym.
1: No, no, yeah. unfortunately not.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> is, is Barefoot at all a common name in the UK?
1: Uh, not really no. um probably it's i think there is a couple of barefoots in america somewhere um i'm sure because when you look at like trying to find you do a search to say like of my surname and i'm sure there was there was a um a, maybe a guy that was that came up popped up somewhere oh. uh, that was many years ago so to go back to that like, summer so name barefoot's um, used to, when I was at school, people used to think I was a uh, Red, Red Indian. So right. they thought I was Red, in- Red Indian descent. So my nickname at school was Chief. Um, and then to my first name, my my dad was a big John Wayne fan. Oh. So one of his characters in a film was called Ethan. And I think my dad had too much to drink and it came out as Enten. Uh So that's his story anyway. So follow <laughs> me. Yeah, so like I'm I'm lumped with that name now. Cool,
0: cool. So you're here to talk about um, your book, Laid Bare, which is an autobiography. And I always want to start like like what first prompted you to want to write your story at all. Um.
1: So yeah, it's, everybody seems to ask me that question, and it, and it's and it's really it started off when I, when when I was homeless. Um. So, so when I was in my, so I, I managed to get by a tent and I I'd, I'd managed to get myself in a position where I, I could read. So to, to like when you got pitch black, when the darkness is outside you and you're in your and trying to settle down for the night, um I'd right across the middle of the bar in your tent, I'd have flashlights going down so I can so I can read. Um and I started reading people's autobiographies and I started reading just started doing a lot more reading because it helped me sleep better as well, um, and I started reading people's people's books in the field, um, in reading books about recovery and about addiction and um, and their stories. So um, I've been lucky enough to to have my book endorsed by Russell Brand. Um, so I read his, so i had his story, um, and I read a book called Street Cat named Bob, as well, and it was a combination of, with them two, and I thought although good books I just thought I think there's a story I think my story is worth it's worth writing down at least um, and then fast forward I was, on this, I was homeless for about four just under four months and then I got lucky I got on board with a homeless charity and it would then gave me the, the the structure of going back to normal trying to live a normal life again and I just started writing just just stories that I that I, that I remember doing and just things that are how I, what, how I felt um, and so just memorising of what, what time how good times were, but how, how bad they really were. Mm. And I gave it to the chief executive of the, of the charity I was, I, was, I was on board with and he'd read these, these, these snippets of stories and within I, I never expected him to read, for him to read it there and then. Um, and he came back within 10, 15 minutes and said, have you got any more? And I was like, "No, I've just started writing." And he went, "Well, would you be? Would you give me more?" And I said, "Yeah, if you want to." He says, "Yeah, I, I, I'd like to." And so it gave me that confidence mm. just then with that small feedback, and I thought, "Okay, I'll go away and I'll write down." And it, and it, it just becomes a process of just writing. There's no structure, so it's writing, writing, and writing. So that's pretty much how it how it became about really. So at at that point, you're you're you're
0: homeless and you start writing a story were you were you already in recovery at this point or were you still dealing with with your active addiction
1: so my story starts with my recovery being on the street hmm. so the minute i hit the street was that 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 night that first night when I, when, when you have nothing there's there is no family there is no friends there is no money there is nothing i have nothing left um and that night was probably the worst night I've ever experienced. Um, and all the emotion came out. So just the tears, just everything came out. And when I managed to get, I got, managed to get about three or four hours sleep thinking back now. And I woke up in the morning and that's when I decided, right, I am never going to drink again. Mm. And, if, and, it, and that day, that day was, the, the goal was not to drink in that day. And I achieved that. So that gave me a sense, just that 1%, maybe 2% of sense of achievement. And then I said, right, I can, I can take that feeling into the next day, my goal is not to drink. And I've done that for the last 13 years.
0: Wow. Wow. So uh, you, you didn't end up in, in, in a program, in a rehab. It was you, – your rock bottom was kind of hitting the streets, and you decided enough.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. It, once
1: everything's gone – so I can't make a phone call to go and stay with a friend. I can't make a phone call to go back and stay with my dad's my parents for a night. I can't make I can't make any phone calls because when I haven't got a phone, and see what all relationships are broken down. It's just me, and um, what what I thought was my love for alcohol and drugs. It's just this relationship, and then it just it all came out. I think that was my. It it was never. Many times I thought about: Do I need to go out get some help? Am I struggling? And as the before that moment, years you go back in many years, and you do have lots of times you think because it's you know I've done I've I've written in my book, and I'm I'm happy to share with you because it needs to be shared with to understand. I was a different person than I was, and I am now. I was horrible. I was nasty. Um, I was just not a very nice person to be around, you know. It just caused people's um, a lot of chaos, and then you don't believe that you have a problem. So all this, so this chaos came with me as as this like a, a, a I I speak it as a Tasmanian devil, but, you know the, the the cartoon, and it just goes whoa whoa, whoa and it caused that destruction, and then you have to stop and. Thinking back, did I? I I had thoughts of going to get help, but then I thought that I would be like made me feel worthless if I did, because then that's admitting I have a problem, and I didn't want to admit I had a problem there. Mm. So does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it 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 does. But at those at that chaotic times, were you aware of the chaos, or was it only in hindsight?
1: Uh, I think sometimes you're aware when. You went so when you're high on when alcohol has played its part, when cocaine has played its part, when ecstasy has played its part, it's only the following day when the drugs, when your body is like saying, okay, it's my turn now because you put me through hell and I'm going to put you through hell now. So, what the the hangovers, as we call it, the withdrawals and all all those things that come after, it's you don't, you only, you realize that you don't remember what you've caused. But you have some knowledge that something's gone wrong. Mm. But I don't want to think about it, so it's just I'll just easily. I just go and find another drink. I'll just, I'll just go. I won't I won't worry about it because that's that's not my problem. I'm just going to go and do what I want to do. Does that does that do you understand? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So, uh, how old were you when you started to to drink and to use?
1: So it, it's the opposite for me because the first time I drank alcohol was at fifteen. And it was a terrible experience, an absolutely terrible experience. Um, and, you know, they saying, I'm never going to drink again. That's what it is. like, it doesn't make me laugh now. So the first experience was not, not enjoyable. It's only when I, like, I went through loss. So I, I kind of, I moved away. So i broken up, which I'll go into deep, go talk to you about as well. So the loss of my first girlfriend, my first love, we all know how that feels have somebody to love you for the first time in your life, somebody's going to take a chance and love you. When that's gone, it's like a bit of that it was a real heartbreaker. And then I kind of just get. I got away uh, for a bit because I'm from a little country called Wales, in, which is um, probably a place that your audience is probably not, some of them have probably heard of. Um, so my dad was from England. Um, so I meant to, I went to stay with... His when my family there, and it's only when then so I had this freedom where I could start a new life. I think I enjoy I enjoyed what the drug alcohol gave you in, in the first instance. So the relationship was was how it's supposed to be, a pastime. You can go and have a few drinks after after work. You can have a few drinks after sport playing playing like playing sport. You can go and have a few drinks after having a meal. So it just became a relation proper relationship. But it's only when my insecurities were still there, I never dealt with them. So all these insecurities were still there. So once they were there, the more alcohol I drank, the more they got taken away and pushed down. And it's incredible how that makes you feel. And you want that feeling all the time. And I think that's what I relied on. And when you then what I know now is that's what you rely on, is that feeling it gave you for many years. So I had a and I started off okay, and then it became more of a dependence, and then, um, yeah, chaos.
0: So it sounds like, again, in, in hindsight, a, a resistance, oh. a, a fear perhaps, to, to feel the uncomfortable <clears throat> feelings within yourself, the, those insecurities, and, and to feel the pain of that heartbreak.
1: Yeah. yeah. So as a child, um, I had severe anxieties. So I was a, i was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of spiders. I was afraid of being beaten up. I was physical harm was physical harm was I was I wasn't I wasn't strong enough. Didn't feel strong enough. So physical harm was a was a was a major one because I'd always nah, um you know, the expression when your heart is in your stomach to so when you like when you see something something that's like you feel that it's not right and these these people are coming and you think people are coming after you. It's like Straight up in my stomach, and it's just like really hard to get to like to to push it away. Um, I was afraid of afraid of um, I was claustrophobic. So I was afraid of clo- um, small spaces. So all these fears were just there, and I can't thank my mum, mum and dad enough because they tried their best to understand what was going on. But I never went to see a child psychologist, as as the provisions are today, where you can go and and seek help for these things. Um, but it's only when I started playing sport that I was able to to push them away, to, not to feel afraid. Um, but once my heart, was I, once you go through that first relationship breakup and then being in a new setting, um, although I'm beginning to form new relationships with other people, the nerves are always when you walk into, when you first walk into... Um, a restaurant, or a nightclub, or um, somewhere where you go where a party, a house party, or a party that's in in, in, a, in a nightclub. It just it, they rise up, and it's like I, I don't feel comfortable, and I didn't really find myself attractive. I just felt I was ugly. I just had a lot of lot of things going off in there, which which I thought came from my heart, which I thought was true, um, and alcohol just gave me just took that all away from me and yeah, it was, it just really had this relationship with alcohol that just uh, in in effect, it came, it became my best friend. Yeah.
0: Was, was this, was this conscious? Were you intentionally, I'm going to drink so I don't have to like feel these fears. I'm going to like, were you, were you like self-medicating consciously?
1: It starts off unconscious because you know the feelings there, but you don't know the drug, the alcohol is going to work. So you just, you kind of just keep your, so, keep your distance from people. And then once you have a sociable environment where you're drinking, it, then the, it works unconsciously first because I didn't know what alcohol was doing to me. All I, knew it, all I knew was that it's like, the butterflies are gone. I don't feel afraid of you guys anymore. In fact, I feel incredible. I feel incredible. And then it becomes conscious, And then you think, right, okay, so if I drink this amount, I don't have to worry anymore because now I've found my, my best friend. He can have this, 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 this liquid, this pint, you know, this liquid. This can be this big, that big, or that big. It can help you so much. And I think that it became conscious, consciously and later on. Yeah.
0: So it sounds like for, for a period, um, al- alcohol was, was serving you to, to keep your fears and your insecurities at bay. And sounds like you're you're in a new place. You're making new relationships. You're you're holding down a job. Uh, there was a period that thing you would say you were you, you were a functional alcoholic. Is that the term? Yes.
1: Yeah. You become what happens, what you don't realize is, is that um, recognizing that alcohol can help me take my insecurities away. So when it, on a normal day, I can't turn around and say to, like say to people. I'm gonna feel nervous today. I'm gonna to have panic attacks today. It doesn't work like that. See, so when you wake up, you go about your day, it's the environment you you you're around. So if I was so I'd wake up on a normal day, go to work. Now work environment is quite is okay because it's work, you just have to do your job. Pardon me. And you feel comfortable at work because no one can no one's gonna harm you, no one's gonna assault you or you're no know, one's going to cause physical harm to you. So what those fears weren't, what those fears wasn't there, was anxieties wasn't there. It's when I came away from work on my own, there was just, I could just have a drink. I could have a drink because I'm on my own. So i just have a drink. And then after a while, once you then go into a, a public house or a bar, you start meeting friends, that, uh, familiar faces, in the new in the new area that I was, and they get to know you, and then they make you feel safe because oh oh it's Enton Enton would like drink yeah of course he can yeah so you then make it, then you form friendships, but I was always at this this at a distance, but as soon as then the alcohol would kick in it would like then I was fine, because it's me alcohol, and we have this wonderful relationship relationship we're always going to have, so. I hope that answer that answer your question. Mm-hmm. So then, what what
0: was the descent from this? Right, it it it's it's serving a purpose. It, it yeah. seems to be helping you. Things are going okay. To you end up on the streets.
1: Yeah, it's what I know. It's one of it's it's what I learned be it when I went to, to university and studied drug and study, um, alcohol counseling. Um, the more, so the first thing you you, you recognise is, and you learn, is that your body becomes tolerant to, to any type of drug that you put in its body. So, if I went out a norm, on a normal, so I went out a normal evening, at my worst, it would be severe. It would be severe. Drinking would be quite high. So, so leading up to that, instead of having two pints, four pints, or five, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. If you have, because my body's now being, my body's used to the, the, the drug, it is now telling me it needs double to have the same effect. So instead of going out on a Monday, Tuesday after work, I would go out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday because my body is telling me that, one, I'm craving for the drug, and two, my tolerance has gone higher. So over the years, I ended up drinking seven days a week um, and then I, there's no filter, so it doesn't say to me like you could you could turn around and say to me, I'll come down and see you tonight. Um, I'll have a couple of drinks with you, and then I'm going home. I've got things to do. I I couldn't understand why people could do that because it had to be well, I'm here all night. So it's 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 the, it's the tolerance which and then becomes dependent. So which I didn't know, and so the, the levels of of, of of alcohol being consuming um, as, as the years and months and years go on it's, you have to drink in more to get the same effect but in that drinking more it's heavily drinking and then which has kind of put me on giving the right um, opportunity now to bring in cocaine once you get to that level where you're drinking loads of alcohol you start to, you start to fade so the drug kicks in because alcohol is depressant. present and then somebody had uh, somebody said said to me one night, "This drug will keep you drinking if you want to give it again and i was like and there was there was never a second thought so and I got introduced to cocaine, and then that was just another level then then I could drink to levels where I should, I should, if I'm honest, I should have lost my life a long time ago, but somehow it's am still on this planet, but the levels of drinking then was just it was out of control, so it, it becomes like Thursday drinking and then I, I don't turn up for work and I, I turn up for work in in a real state so they send me home on the Friday what's the first thing I do when I go home I don't go sleep I just get a shower when I go back out and then it's just it's just that um I think it's just the not the chaos of it all but I think it's just that the, the no, um, the chains are broken off now, so I don't. I'm not pulled back by anybody. So, if I lose my job, I just go and get another one. And if I lose that one, I just go and get another one. So I think that's that's the core. That's the the fundamental. As the as the years go on, consequences for my actions, and then you just don't you don't pay your rent. You don't pay your bills. You just don't pay anything. So, and then there are consequences for that. Hmm.
0: So, so then you did, you had a series of losing jobs. Just, Oh, just find another job. Jobs are easy. It's not a big deal. Nothing, nothing, nothing really struck you as a, a warning sign. It was just different uh, circumstances.
1: Yeah. No, no, because it's, it's, and it's, it's strange but when I think about it now and I talk about it now, because you don't actually have, it's not conscious to, to say I have, because you never admit, you never tell you no, know, I never told myself I had a problem. Did, you
0: know, did, did anyone? I, did anyone else try to tell you that? Did people?
1: Oh, yeah, to, yeah, oh, oh, absolutely. But you just get right. you. I would just, on like I would get very defensive and just say, "Think about your own lives. Don't worry about mine. You know, I'll do what I want to do. I'm, I'm young, free, and single. So, you're not going to tell me what to do. If I want to drink, I'll drink. If I want to take drugs, I'll take drugs. You know, that's hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? So people were just trying to make you aware. It's that awareness. Look, listen, mate. Come on. enter. Think about it. Look what you're doing. You know, please take a look at what you're doing. And I would just just be like, just go and do one.
0: Could any, is there anything someone could have said or done to to get you to realize it, to get you to stop drinking or consider it earlier than you did?
1: Uh, uh, not, Not verbally or vocally. I think if they were showing me, what is about what's out there now, like video-wise, and about what alcohol can, what alcohol can do to people? You know, I've seen some um, some very harrowing documentaries on on YouTube about the effects of alcohol and stuff. And I think if someone someone sat me down and just said, "Look, just please for the next five minutes, just give me five minutes of your time. Just look at this this video because this will be you if if you're not careful." Mm. Um, I think that's that. I think we have that that provisions now, where it wasn't it wasn't there back then.
0: So you really had just no sort of education of what alcohol did to the human body.
1: No, I didn't know nothing until I went to university. I didn't know what, what didn't even know alcohol was a drug. Really? Wasn't a concept? Wasn't a concept that alcohol was a drug? Uh, what didn't even know is a depressant. Didn't even know the the, the, the how alcohol works. Um, so nothing. And and it, you, you, my parents tried to help. But they were, in my mind, they were being too parental and like trying to tell me as an adult to try and to do this, this, and this. And I would just turn around and say, "Well, I'm not a kid anymore. So, you know, this is, these are my choices, and I make them. I make my choices. And it's very defensive. So, and it can be very. I was very harsh to them as well. So, you know, I, I would just tell them to stay out of my life. Yeah. You know, who, who do you think you are? You can't can't parent me now. I'm an adult. You know, I'm gonna make this is who I am. This is what I'm gonna do, and I don't care if you don't like it. This is. You know that very single-minded mindset, where you do have like, um, it's a very, it's a very selfish mindset because it's all about you, mm. um, and what's not going right for you, or like for me, what's not going right for me. You're pretty, you're, you're telling me this when it's got nothing to do with you. So leave me alone. Mm. And then, what will that do? Then it just increases the frustration and. All these feelings are going inside me, so I just drink more. And then, because alcohol over time, uh, so you have there is um, beers, spirits, and wines. Well, you realise quickly that if you buy a bottle of Jack Daniels, or you buy a bottle of not some nice whiskey, now Jim Beam or you know something, anything like you got any any spirits that can get you to the to to the hit quite quickly. But then before you know it, you're having this much, then you're having this much, then it becomes three fingers and then you, and then it becomes a bottle. And you're still sober, you're still alive, you're still standing. And then you just think, and then I, then I didn't, didn't even think that I was had a problem because I just thought I was a good drinker. People told me, I, I you know, having that relationships with associates that know you, they just thought, blimey, you could drink me. Well, thanks. You know, I thought that was like a pat on the back, carry on drinking. Yeah.
0: yeah. It, it's, it's, it's fascinating how, how clouded, um, drugs and alcohol can, can make us of ourselves and how it interprets everyone else. And, um, it's like only the opinion of, of, of other drunks matters to you. <laughs> like, you
1: Why know, yeah. it's, it's so didn't, I didn't, so didn't love myself, Andy. So in, in all these, all these anxieties and all these feelings and all these, the horrible things that, that, that my mind or the permission i give my mind to believe in you know when ecstasy came along back in the 90s you know so i was i was just about 20 um, so 94 18 and moved. so by 96 um ecstasy was was a was, a, was a, it's always been around since the 80s anyway so but ecstasy it still had its purity so it still had some of the md the MD, mdma that it has um, it was quite high. So I think, it, I think, from memory, I think someone had said that they tested it a few years back, you know, 20 years ago. they had some, like, 15 to 20% MDMA period. And that was, so that was, like, when I took ecstasy, and I've written in my book, and it says, it's like all my Christmas days, my birthdays, all those special moments in, in one's life. It just came to me in one, one thump. It's like, whoosh. And it just made me feel a false feeling of, of just super super superiority. It was just unbelievable. But it's so false.
0: Yeah.
1: And you and you recognize and I recognize that as, as as I moved into recovery. It's so false. And to be honest, these are the things now that, like simple things where I'm, where I'm, where I'm not under a, a drug or or alcohol at the minute. And you you did the simplest of things like Today I did a four mile run, and the hit I got off that for my endorphins will always always be the feelings I had under 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 substances so yeah,
0: yeah it's it's amazing because you know, i i have I've had my own battles with with uh with alcohol too and yes that we we use a substance to deny and bury our feelings, and then we discover a drug that gives us a super rush of more feelings, and then you realize, oh, wait, life was full of feeling already, and I ignored that. Yeah. Yes.
1: (laughs) But then, so the influence you have as well. So, you know, I'm I'm from a small part of the UK, which is like in – everybody would go where I'm from. Everybody would go in England or – I suppose people in Europe, some people in Europe go as well. They go, it's it's a a very, very beautiful, natural um, land where people go on holiday. It's got the sea, it's got the picturesque views. Um, And then to move away, to move then into, like, so my childhood was sport, music, um, and movies. Like, you know, I, I lost myself in movies, and I, I lost myself in music. Now, unfortunately, I had been not some very good choices at that, that time because I think if it, I think Michael Jackson came at a later date for me, but pop music, as in poppy music, not like the Beatles were poppy music in the sixties, but like poppy music, poppy music in the UK, we had the eighties, and it's, I've written them in my book as well because we have the eighties, which was a decadent era of like who had the best hairspray and stuff like that and then you go into the 90s so as I moved away what what coincided for me as well because my identity wasn't formed and I didn't know who I was and I didn't believe in who I wanted to be like have you heard of a band called oasis yeah so when I arrived in Leicestershire like I oasis had just re- not long after released um, definitely maybe and for me this like and I don't, I don't Am I allowed to swear on your program? Sure. So I was a scared, shitless kid, which i wrote in my book. And then to have that, to have those feelings at 18, and then to see Liam Gallagher come onto the stage and tell you what he was going to do from the beginning, how he was going to go and do it, how he was in the best band in the world, and how he was just going to have, a, he was just going to have it. And then you look up and it's like, I'm, I'm, eight, I'm 18 years of age, and this guy, it just... It just blew my mind, and I just thought, I just want to be in. I he's whatever he's got, I want it. And then that became my love affair with music. And if it wasn't for Oasis, I wouldn't have been able to go back and look at Metallica and Motorhead, and um, you've got all the heavy rock, and then you've got the like the glam or glam rock, and you've got the I call it stadium rock with Bon Jovi and Kiss, and you know. So it, music, so I fell in love with music because my dad gave me Motown a northern soul. Uh, my mum was more she liked more like stylistics and four tops and stuff like that. So but then having my own identity with this British Indian like British grip hop as they call it. Um, but uh, so that identity was being formed for me then. So I, I kind of the tribe then became I was involved I became involved in the tribe musically um, because I didn't know who I was. But this guy, he just came up and he just like, yeah, and I'm I'm gonna have some of that. So, and that's what I did. I just, and, you know, I just, I love being Liam Gallagher. I love being a Liam Gallagher wannabe. I love that rock star persona. You know, I was gonna take drugs. I was gonna drink. I was gonna drink, and we was gonna have a. Everything's gonna be a party. It's just gonna be, you know, fun. it's gonna never gonna end. It's gonna be so good. And then what I realized is, is that. I like Liam Gallagher now but I'm I'm not him I'm, I'm who I am and I'm never going to be him you know and it's like I'm always going to be me and it's the version whatever version I want me to be has to has to come first but music I'm sure music plays a massive massive part in people's lives and it, it's paid a part in mine um, because then by the time I hit 20, 24, 25 i have made a decision that as soon as the doors came my way, and that's in my book as well. As soon as I, the doors dropped, instant, and it was the right time as well, I just wanted to. Die. Then the next level. So here's Liam, and then you got Jim Morrison, who is like just oozes sex appeal. He is such, just, um, um, they say a rock god, but he just was so good looking. He had a, just his, his image was just like, uh, he's just so gorgeous. And he had a voice. And he he was going to say you know he wanted to do what he wanted to do, and again and I just wanted and I wanted to do that I wanted to die in a bath. My decision I was going to make that decision just to drink hard, just party hard, all the time. Go home, sit and make draw, run a bath. Just get in and go away and be, be gone.
0: So so at some point, the chaos really became internalized, and you were you were you were using drugs and alcohol as kind of a, a prolonged suicide attempt.
1: Yeah. yeah. And was that conscious? Yes, yeah, so it was a choice. Like I said, it was really a choice. So so when we look at the, the early 90s, like going to like 18 to 22, 23, those years for me were pivotal because it gave me an, a, an opportunity then to look at music differently. Because was I, I, as a child, I didn't understand why people – why would people go out and buy a leather jacket and put, why would they listen to the, like, a destructive music? Like, what, what, what's this Metallica all about? Who are Metallica? They just make noise. So it's like, couldn't understand it. And then, so that, those people took years, but then going, I had the opportunity, like, you probably knew about them years, years before I did. But I had that luxury of going back and ha- having that drawn. So Metallica could come in my way. So Guns N' Roses come in my way. And all these new, like Nirvana come in my way. Jimi Hendrix, all this music, this rock music, was it's just enlightening. But then as soon as I, I got, like I said, as soon as Jim Morrison came on the scene, it was a, it was very conscious to say, right, this is how I'm going out. This is my destiny. This is I believe that this is what my destiny was. I am going to hit it hard. I'm going to go to parties. I'm going to buy the best drugs. I'm going to buy the best everything. And it's going to be, I'm going to end it just like Jim Morrison said, because his famous words was, um, something that I can't look specifically, but it says, uh, have, 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 you, have you ever done anything, have you, have you done good in your life to base a movie on? Or something like that, so it's kind of one of lines he says. And I was like, no, but I can make my own movie. And I just thought, he was very conscious, this is gonna happen. Um, and I'd make this, and this the funny thing. It, funny thing was, I'd been out to Europe with um, some new friends we had been out on holiday, and that was on my 24th birthday. And it's, it was there I decided it, that's where it was why I was by a note conscious because I, I made the decision when I was Sabre, a bit hungover from the night before. And because we were fancy free, so two weeks away, we, we'd all worked hard, we were looking forward to this holiday. There was going to be girls there, there was going to be sun, there was going to be sea, It was going to be... It was just going to be the best two weeks of my life. And it, and it turned out to be a very good two weeks. But I knew it was conscious because that's the moment I woke up and just said, Do you know what, it's time to take it to the next level. And I didn't... We couldn't get... You didn't really get drugs out in in that part. So I went to Spain in, and they didn't really have... Uh, well, I didn't go out and... I didn't seek gear because you just... You, the, the, the Guardia police—they're—they're they're not like any other police. They will—they will put beat you up and put you in jail, and there's nothing you can do about it. So, um, so yes, it was very conscious.
0: And there was this like this very uh, glamorized image of drinking yourself to death and yeah. the, the debauchery and the, the self destruction yeah. was was somehow attractive and impressive to you. Absolutely, I
1: it, and it. It's it just gave me who did like a. It just made me feel, it's like cathartic. So it was just, I'd fell in love with The Doors so much that all the persona of The Doors as a, as a group, but then realised that Jim Morrison was more than just the band. Um, I'd brought loads of poetry by him, or the, or as much as poetry as I could read by him, and I just... he. It just put me on another level, where the con- being conscious of all those decisions after that, um, it just gave me permission just to go and do it. Mm. Um, but the strangest thing about it as well, I, I tried, I tried so hard, but I still woke up the next day, and I still woke up the next day, and then the consequences of that was that I, used to, I, I um, urinated blood um my stomach cramps I had some very very severe stomach cramps um I would yeah I've written in my book and said but most times I would wake up and my, I, I, I actually soiled my bed many many times um so and then and still those are not signals for me to go and say yeah. do you know what I'm peeing and it's it's red and it's like it's that's not, ex- that's not right in any world and it's like or any forum or it, you know and uh, it's like, and then you just, you dismiss it. So I dismiss it and go, you know, it's just maybe I've got a urine infection. Mm. Well, you don't get a urine infection by peeing out blood. But so then those are the signs, and it never becomes, and then my, 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 my oh, the cramps and the pain in my stomach was just horrendous. Like it renders you to, to physically on the floor, if, like putting yourself in, a, in the fetal position, because it is agonizing but once it goes i go straight straight to a yeah. a, shop, a corner shop or go to and i go and get a drink and i just
0: so yeah yeah it's 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 amazing the power of addiction that yeah. that oh. you can ignore all the, the pain yeah. and the signs and you're you're yeah. you're physically falling apart and like no 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 i'm fine yeah yeah that's the thing. how old were you when you found yourself homeless
1: I was so thirteen years ago, um, thirty-one, and
0: I'm still amazed that you just decide. Like, well, I guess everyone has to kind of hit their personal rock bottom. So that finally had become enough for you, and just so one day at a time, by yourself, you just decided to stop, and and it's been thirteen years. Yes. Wow. That's
1: ninth of February two thousand and seven. So prior to that, prior to I had, um, and the reason, it's it's I know it sounds easy to say because I just stopped and I think most people they give me that funny look and go really did you really? Um, so the, and, I, and I and I and I say that, that's why I want people to read my book because the the stories everything's in there for and it's it's written in in its wards and all. Um, but prior to that, so back in two thousand and six, I went to two. Uh, two gigs um, one I went to um, I went to see the Foo Fighters at, in England in the UK and they had a gig where the Foo Fighters invited their own their favourite band uh, so the, the band's called like, the Subways I think these are you guys probably know Angel of Airways is that right? Oh, yeah. that, so they but they weren't very they weren't very good and Dave Bro got <laughs> very very angry with people because they, the crowd just started booing yeah. and he came out and he got really really angry with us um, um, so then uh, the strokes were on there as well. So it was, it was a really good th- a good thing to go to. And so I, and I drank there. And then I went to see um, Mon- I went to Monsters of Monsters of Rock in two thousand and six um, in England again. Uh, and Deep Purple was the was the the main act. Alice Cooper was there. And it's my it's my journey story. So Journey the band. So before Glee. Um, I, was, I drank heavily, I, I, so I had, a, I had a bald head and a goatee back then, so I was kind of lucky, I wanted to look really mean, stay away from me, like I'm not do not come anywhere near me, so I had this, this persona that I needed to look mean so people could stay away from me. And I caught sunstroke. So it was a beautiful day, I remember it, I had a massive, massive headache, and I, on my way to try and find something like St. John's ambulance or somebody, a paramedic or a first aider, I'd heard um this song and it was like that's, that sounds alright so I just followed down followed down followed down followed down and it was Journey playing Don't Stop Believing and literally there was two man and his dog watching Journey 2006 um, and the reason why I say that is because that's when so those those two pivotal moments in 2006 after that gig that that, 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 was, that was my mind was like you can't keep doing this to yourself you know you just can't keep doing it but i didn't have the confidence then so i still had still had the job i still had responsibilities and I, and then which never which then became i became irresponsible but that's why when when that moment came in 2007 on the 9th of february that if it's when that moment came when everything comes out when you cry like you've never cried before, when everything is just, it's, I'm sure you probably felt it, it just comes out naturally. So you don't try and hold them back. And you know that's different. And I, and I knew, and I, and I knew that that's the, that's the moment. I've just got to get through tomorrow. I've got a few things I need to go and find out. If I don't drink in that day, I can then take that positive and just take the get that feeling back. What it's like not to have a drink for one day. Get that feeling. How, how does that feel? And then take it. That take that feeling, not 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 the outcome. Take the feeling into the following day. And that's what. I, and that's what I had to do most days. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. You know, I've written in my book as well. There's there's no. I'm not trying to say there was hard times. There was there was it was so much easier. Devil, you know, little devil enter, enter devil here enter angel here. You know this one he was just like it was like come on think about it you don't want to go you don't want that knife you just stick with us stick stick where you want keep drinking just keep it because take everything away from you you know take everything away and then it's that inner chatter isn't it it's that just and I never allowed it to win mm. so, Good. so,
0: so it, it wasn't easy but you did it yeah yeah and oh, yeah. what 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 helped you the most
1: to do it believe it or not there were other people on the street so I, I i kind of find found a small group of people who as i as I went to investigate what i could because I was homeless in the uk we have different different laws i don't know how it is in your area area about being homeless so you'd go into you go into a local council and you'd ask them if they could if you they could help you. And they couldn't help me because of whatever some um what, uh, of their policy at the time. So then they, they directed me, signposted me to a local charity which could give you food. Um, and because you because you're homeless, you can get like um uh, not microwave or stuff, so you can get you can bet for um, fresh food, like but not like fruit, fruit was fruit was a saviour. And then gradually, after the, being signposted around these, these places to go, like churches, so churches you go to, You can go to, I couldn't believe just how amount of churches where I lived and where I ended up homeless, the amount of churches that was around, because you, I'd never known you know, church life anyway. Um, so you go there, and then just ever so, ever so slightly I would work who to hang around with, who would give me my space and who was still using, who was still drinking, and I'm like, no, not, no, no, Um, you you sound okay, so I'll have a chat with you. So just, over the days, there were a few people I could hang around with, and we were doing it for the right reasons. And then I joined the local library, which was the best thing I ever did, because it gave you warmth. And from the first day that I joined, I I spoke to one of the employees, and I told you my situation. So I just said, I've got nowhere to go. If I could just become a member, read a book, I'll, I'll stay out of the way. I just want to just want to stay around people and stuff and read and reading. So reading was a massive, massive impact for me as well. So that helped. So the conscious consciousness of my reading, you absorb the words because you have time to. Mm. And I wanted to. Does that make sense? Yeah. I wanted to then this, these books to take me away from my reality, um, and then over time, people knew. So people knew that when I came into into town or I came into a certain place, they knew that they wouldn't. I wasn't interested if they're going to be around me. I'm going clean. You know, there's, there's no two ways about it. So that helped.
0: Is is there anything that you wish, based on your experience, uh, anything you wish more men knew?
1: Uh, that's quite a hard question because I think I think it comes down to um, admitting first. It's admitting that you do have a problem. And I think then if you know that if you if, if that sinks in, you could then make the conscious choice to go and seek more help. So um, at the time when I was homeless, um, because I was a single man and I had no responsibilities, like... Um, Court, like I didn't have any children with me at the time. My son was with his mum, obviously, because we we'd broken up and that relationship had that had perished. Um, so I think when you're on your own, you have to make this. It's a, it's that. Do you go through that door and carry on, or do you go through that door and just persevere? So I think I probably not answered the question very well, but I think it's just more to do with the fact that whatever's whatever you knowledge that you have, what help is there, admitting to yourself first will always be um will always be the confidence that you need to seek more help learn, I think because that's we're all different in our stories and I think everybody has we all have these stories like millions of us around the world, but we all come together because we've all been through a journey and we've all got our, our different stories to tell in, in that journey. So cool. I don't know if that's how answered your question.
0: So you've been clean and sober thirteen years. Yeah. Your your autobiography, Laid Bare, is out. Uh, yes. you've got great. Russell Brand says it's an astonishing story. Yes. Um, you serve change and salvation is always available. That you're you're an emblem of hope. So with all that, I want to know what you're looking forward to.
1: Forward to oh wow, I'm looking forward to. I think um, just getting the opportunity to, to uh, come on shows like yourself, like your your show and just have an opportunity not to talk about the, my book and my journey, of course, but I think it's more to talk about that. Like just having the opportunity to, to speak and, and having an opportunity to listen to other people's stories as well. So we can run rel- so this. We can relate to what, what's needed to make the next right choice. So coming on, um, like shows like, like yours and then other the chances to go on other shows, it's just the opportunity to, to, to give more education as well. Um, you know, I, I've purposely kept out my, su- uh, my mental health issues because I wanted to talk about it. And I, I know I've got a chance to talk about it now because it kind of puts it in mind, but, um, you know, I tried to kill myself, um, twice. So two suicide attempts, the first one should have worked. Um, and this, well,
0: I would, I would, I want to interrupt that and say, no, it shouldn't have worked. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yes. Right. Okay, it it did work. You. Yes, of course. Yeah. It's at the time. Um, if, you, if You thought it uh, might've worked. Yes. By
0: the way. Okay.
1: Uh, my mum was a very, very, she's a very inquisitive lady at the time. So it was just before not long. to, I was 18. So I would, I kind of moved. So I moved into, the area, into my dad's area and being with my grandparents at that time. So I kind of was feeling just not feeling very, not feeling right. And I, I just felt—I know—I felt down, and my mum was very. She she kind of knew that something was wrong, um, but by then I think the tablets had been in my system, and I don't remember it. So I, I don't—I just remember waking up in hospital. Um, so and then second time was when, which when you do have like severe, the alcohol, the the drug, the depressants um, was so I was so depressed and. It was very hard to stop myself from injuring myself because mm. I just wanted, I wanted the pain to go away. Um, but leading up to that, it's it, you have these, you have these kind of feelings that, am I am am I better off dead? And then you believe that, you give yourself the permission to believe that, and that's quite quite scary. And then having to go and speak and. To, your doc- to a doctor or, or a physician or clinician, and just say, "I'm not doing well," and I think those that's an opportunity to talk about that as well. So I think that that gives you um, firsthand experience. I'm sure many of your your guests and people that you know have, have, have had this or going through this, and we want them to stop there and then and just this this is the best tool. What's in there? This is your best tool, just to let it all out.
0: Yeah, I've often said that sil- silence kills men. Yes, and and oftentimes the bravest thing you can do is yeah. ask for help. Yeah, absolutely. And and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean you're weak at all. It means you're freaking strong. Like you you, learn, yeah. you Yeah, it takes strength to do that. That's your strongest time is saying
1: help. Yeah, yeah. I remember being in unemployment. Uh, we call it that. We call it like a, a. It's it was in your your world. It'd be unemployment um, uh, establishment. So I remember yeah. being in there. I'd had i I was dishevelled. Had this dishevelled look. Had this long coat. I don't know how I got it, and I don't know. I was trying to work out the other day. I was telling a, um, a friend of mine, and I was saying to him, "I don't know how I got this this jacket." it was like a, it was a real shocking jacket, and I I had to go and I had to go and declare myself um, unemployed, and I had a bottle of pills with me, and I just put them in my pocket, and I just thought. I've I given myself just enough time to walk to this place to see are we going to do it today are we going to end my life today this, let's them walk and I just wanted to get out in fresh air and just give myself that opportunity I think not to do it but when I got to the, to the, to the establishment there was a guy and it's fate because this guy was me- I was meant to meet this guy with that with shadow of doubt and I do believe that now he just came and took a look at me and went Um, are you okay? I said, not really, but I'm supposed to sign on today or declare myself unemployed. And he said, "Um, do you have anything sharp with you or do you have any pills or anything with you? Because you don't look well at all. And and for some reason, I just went, yeah, I've got these without even knowing it. And he went, "Um, if you just sit sit there, I'll I'll be back in one minute. And the manager came over and he said, "Um, I think, we have a duty of care to let the police know that you are not a well man. And the minute that the police came and took me away and they sectioned me under the mental health act, that's when this became my best tool. And I asked for help.
0: Hmm. Cool. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm so glad that I'm meeting, uh, I could say the, this now. I'm going to be, I'm glad I'm meeting the, the real enton. Yes. You're such an open, engaging uh, person, and I know you're gonna, your book is, is and will continue to connect and give people hope and share that possibility and uh, that everybody has the choice to choose life yes. to, 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 and the beauty of life and all the feelings of life and, and yes. not numb it, yes. not try to hide from it. So what, what's the best way people can discover more about you and where they can find the book? How, how can people track you down?
1: Yeah, so my website is uh the, re- the real Um if it's so it's, uh, it's uh, my book is available on Amazon, so Amazon US, Amazon UK, um it's so there's a Kindle edition as well. Um I'm all, I'm on social media, if everyone just puts Ed's and Barefoot in, they'll if spell my name correctly, they'll find me. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm available there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and I know, and you also, you're, you're available to be on my shows and you, you do some speaking as well around. Yeah. Your actually, it, yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it, that's the engagement. I think obviously COVID-19 put a to quiet, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, been a pandemic, which is, I think, you know, it's, we've had to learn more about ourselves without that addiction. we should learn about being in a confined space when you can't go into to, to work and stuff. Um, but the opportunity to go out and speak to somebody and just, you know, I just want it to be a q and A. I'd love, what I hope is, is that I get an opportunity to so people come. Uh, I'm going to think about just a q and A. I'd like to ask people about their lives. Mm. You know, I, I want, I, I'm, I'm that type of person that I can give. You know, this is me. This is what I've done. This is a journey, okay? This is, this, this is my journey. I'd love it if people bought it, of course, because I'd love people to, to read my, my story and my journey. Um, but, I, but I'm also, I love people. I'm, 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 I'm interested in people. Um, so we kind of have like a QA and a where the, pre- the premise is, they can ask me a question, I can ask them a question. So, and it, it's, that's what I like. And the, the motivational speaking side of things is just to, to give people, like you probably know yourself, Andy. You, I was able to save my life because of two things one i asked for help and two i wanted to receive that help to to live a new life so it's a new dawn in 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 as as we go as i go forward but also to speak about the dangers you know and there will be if 20 people turn up there can be one person who knows one person or another person that's going through these these issues and if my story helps them, if, if I can give them any education or anything that, that's worth it, anything of help, that'll be amazing. So, those are the things I'm looking forward to. Beautiful, beautiful.
0: Uh, thanks for joining us today, Anton. Thanks for writing your book, sharing your story. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, everyone, visit realmenfield.org. We'll have all the links to, to Anton on social media, on his website, links to the book. So, if you're wherever you can't track it right now, uh, visit the site. We'll uh, see the show notes. We'll take care of you get you connected and uh, through it all, through the pandemic, through the protesting, through, through anything you're battling with, through yes. your decisions, through what you're fighting to, to choose life. <sighs> always, always, always take care of yourself, be good to yourself and be good to each other. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And Thank we'll you so you much Andy. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Contact us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at TheAndyGrant.com. Please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you are discovering real men feel.